I want to tell you something, and that is operating a food company has been one of the most challenging endeavors of my life. From innovating products that we want to land at the intersection of taste and nutrition, to wrestling with supply chain issues and managing inventory, I have had more sleepless nights in the past three years than I have in the last 30, including the 12 when I was a firefighter. But no one tells you that food is hard. But I also want to say it's because of each of you that we continue to get in the trenches day after day after day. It's in our core values to keep at it, knowing that we are filling a giant void in the market with products that you can't find anywhere else. And this makes it easier for us to climb out of bed each day. I want to thank you for your patience. We are anxiously awaiting the return of our organic pancake and waffle mixes. And we're excited to announce that our Plant Strong milks will be available online later this week, followed soon thereafter by the return of our exciting new burger mixes. Our goal is to be your reliable and trustworthy partner for all things Plant Strong, allowing you to stock up on healthy meals that you can make and enjoy in minutes while still managing your busy lives. I appreciate each and every one of you and want you to know that the effort will be worth it once more brands start to care about the integrity of the nutrition that they're putting into their products. Thank you so much for your support and please stay tuned for exciting updates at planstrong.com. And so I have a lot of patients who have come to me saying, I just couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. Meaning there is some it that they are, they are, they have defined in their head. And if they can't do it, then they might as well just not do anything at all. And, um, and I think that's, I think that's, that can be dangerous. So I usually would say, what's it? Uh, I, you know, because I'm not necessarily saying that you have to do 100%. Um, I'm saying know yourself and uh, know what you feel like would be the next logical step for you to take. Know, like Dr. Ornish says, that the more you do, the bigger mm -hmm. your results are going to be. Um, but I, I don't necessarily think it's helpful for patients to go into a program thinking, I can never eat this food for the rest of my life. I'm Rip Esselstyn, and welcome to the Plant Strong Podcast. The mission at Plant Strong is to further the advancement of all things within the plant-based movement. We advocate for the scientifically proven benefits of plant-based living and envision a world that universally understands, promotes, and prescribes plants as a solution to empowering your health, enhancing your performance, restoring the environment, and becoming better guardians to the animals we share this planet with. We welcome you wherever you are on your Plan Strong journey, and I hope that you enjoy the show. Hello, Plan Strong Pomegranates. I am Rip Esselstyn, and I want to welcome you to another episode of, you guessed it, the Plan Strong Podcast. Man, am I ever energized and on fire today. I feel like swinging from the ceiling fans. Last week, I was in Black Mountain, North Carolina, 
with over 92 intrepid souls who showed up and were willing to trust us. And by doing so, we helped transform their lives over the course of six short days. And it is truly magical to witness the changes that can happen on so many levels when you are surrounded by love, support, education, and of course, the right kind of foods. And let me tell you, our guests, the 92 people that attended, and the Plan Strong team, we walked away so fulfilled and motivated that we just cannot wait to deliver our next immersion program, which is going to be in Sedona, Arizona in October. There's really, there's, there's nothing quite as fulfilling and beautiful. Today's guest, speaking of a, a beautiful man, is Dr. Anthony Lim. He too is no stranger to helping others inspire change as the medical director of the McDougal program and a former staff physician of True North Health Center, Dr. Lim, he helps his patients prevent and treat chronic diseases such as obesity, diabetes, cancer, autoimmune conditions, and heart disease, all with a whole food, plant-based approach. On today's episode, Dr. Lim is going to share his own personal journey to plants, and you're going to see it was a very long and windy road, and how he now works with his own patients to meet them where they are on their journeys. And every person has a story, he likes to say, and once you understand where they're coming from, it's that much easier to help them succeed. And I love this approach because it illustrates very clearly the type of doctor that Anthony Lim is, namely compassionate and invested in real patient care to affect lifelong habit change. What a radical concept, right? I hope you enjoy getting to know my friend, Dr. Anthony Lim. Anthony Lim, welcome to the Plant Strong Podcast. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Rip. Thanks so much for having me. It's great to be here. Yeah, my pleasure. I'm looking forward to this. Yeah, me too. Where are you right now this morning? I am in Santa Rosa, California, right around the corner from the Flamingo Conference Resort and Spa, where we <laughs> used to run our in-person McDougal program, but have <laughs> since pivoted to be completely online. Right, right. Yeah. How long have you been in Santa Rosa? Uh, I came out here from Boston in 2010 yeah. um, to do my family medicine residency at the UCSF Santa Rosa Combined uh, Family Medicine Residency Program. Wow. And I've well, been so, out here since. Y- yeah. With your, what, your, your wife and- Yes, my what, sweetheart. Boys? My, uh, I've got a 14-year-old boy, Joshua, uh-huh. and a 10-year-old girl, Julia. They're, uh, they're uh, the light of my life. And uh, my wife, Jean, she's a dermatologist at Kaiser here in Santa Rosa. And um, we met freshman year of college. I chased her for a year before she finally relented, <laughs> gave in and said, fine. And uh, we dated eight years um, and then have been uh, married now for, oh my gosh, 18, 18 years. Wow. Yeah. 
And so you're both MDs. Yes. <laughs> Guilty. <laughs> now, now you said you went to Boston University Medical School. Where did she go? She went to Harvard for med school. Okay. All right. Yeah. So Harvard and Boston. And so you guys, was that intentional? Oh, wait, when did she go to medical school? Was it before you went to medical school? Yes. She, we were both, it's kind of a funny story. We were both, we met at Stanford and we yeah. were both pre-med. Yeah. Um, she took a year off after graduating and then went straight on to medical school. I took this very <laughs> long, torturous path that traversed at least three or four different disciplines, including law, computer science, teaching, um, and then Asia, Asian language studies in China uh, before coming full circle back to where I belong. Which well, is why, you, why do you think it was? So you went to Stanford, you were pre-med. Why do you think you didn't go straight to medical school? Did it just did, didn't feel right? Yeah, you know, I, I come from a family of physicians. My dad's a retired OB-GYN. My brother's a, a surgeon who's now in the biotech industry. My, my sister-in-law's an internist. My uncle's a nephrologist. My, oh my aunt's a pediatrician. My, my cousin's an internist. In I mean, you, you name it. Uh, there's at least 15, 16 different doctors. And so that was, that was kind of all I knew growing up. And so, um, you know, believe it or not, I, I don't think I really took the time to seriously question, is this what, is this what I want to do? Is this what I'm called to do? Um, and I have a, I have a restless nature. I need to, I need to experience and figure things out for myself, um, in order to fully buy in. So because I wasn't fully bought in and was questioning whether I was doing it for the right reasons, I, I think I needed to explore, uh, some other areas before coming full circle and realizing, no, this, this, this is what I want to do with the rest of my life. That's, that, you know, that's wonderful. I know sometimes you, you kind of got to go the circuitous route before it really speaks to you. And wow. I mean, you are from everything that I've read that I've seen of you when you came to black mountain for plant stock a, a few years yeah, ago, Yeah, you, you are like, you're up to your neck in this whole, whole food plant-based world. And I think you absolutely love what you're doing. Oh yeah. Uh, it's, yeah. it's a, as I tell the, the participants of each program, I feel like a kid at Disneyland here. And, and I, I, I don't take for granted a single day, what a privilege it is to be able to practice this kind of medicine. Um, I, I fully appreciate that. Um, it's a unique setting uh, and, uh, the, the opportunity and privilege to learn from, you know, one of the greats, <laughs> Dr. McDougal, uh, and, and work alongside, you know, Doug Lyle and Jeff Novick and, uh, Jack Dixon, our, you know, our exercise trainer and, uh, just, a, and Heather McDougal, Mary McDougal, just such an awesome team um, is, it, you know, is, is unbelievable. And, and then of course, not to mention just literally it's, uh, as I describe it, getting a front row seat to seeing people's lives transformed. That's, mm -hmm. that's what we sign up for medicine, uh, uh, to do in the first place, but which often, uh, we become disenchanted when we find we're refilling medications and making referrals and sort of seeing the revolving door of medical care. Yeah. Well, I, I want to come back to that uh, a little later, 
But first, I, I'm fascinated with your particular journey yeah. to, 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 to medicine. So after Stanford, what did you do first? Did you go to law school? Did you travel to China? What did you do? Well, so my junior year of Stanford, I started thinking, um, you know, maybe business is what I'm really interested in. So I did an internship at a management consulting company called Bain & Company. Um, it's sort of similar to like McKinsey, BCG, basically helping large Fortune 500 companies with various business issues that they have. Uh, and I enjoyed it. And so um, my first gig out of Stanford was working at Bain & Company. Originally, it was going to be in San Francisco. Um, but when Jean, my wife, got into Harvard Med School, uh, we just felt like that was an opportunity not to be passed up. And so I, I transferred my offer out to Boston and worked at Bain & Company in Boston. But before I did that, I pursued a lifelong dream of learning my my mother tongue, which is Mandarin, which I didn't grow up learning because my, my parents speak different dialects. So I went to Beijing and studied one year of Mandarin um, really intensively, like day in, day out. And by the end, I mean, yeah. I was jamming. I was traveling all around the country for weeks at a time, like, you know, on my own, talking with people and, and really getting around just based on the new language I picked up, which was incredibly fulfilling. Was it, was it the dialect of your mother or your father? Uh, it, I mean, it's the, it's the root, it's Mandarin. There's so many different dialects. So they, my mom was born in Shanghai. My dad was born in Singapore. So they speak two different dialects, but the one common language that everyone um, yeah. speaks in China is Mandarin. So that was what I, so how cool, how cool was it to be able to go home and talk to your parents? Oh, it's, it, it was, it was unbelievable. And especially my, my wife's mom, um, she, Mandarin was her first language. So, uh, to be able to talk with yeah. her and still to be able to talk with her. I mean, of course I don't have the same level of opportunity I do now than as I did then. So it's declined, um, but still to just be able to, you know, talk with simple things with her and order food at restaurants. It's, it's cool. So, to so then of- I came back, I came back from China where, and, uh, my, and that was what started our stint in Boston, eight years in Boston. Um, that was, I graduated Stanford 98. Um, so I came out to Boston in 99 and, um, was basically there from 99 to, um, 2010. So yeah, 11 years actually. And you went to Harvard for law school. Is that right? I went to Harvard for law school after realizing business, um, <laughs> you know, I was, I still remember it would be like two, 3 AM at, uh, Copley place, which is a, you know, large complex in downtown Boston. And it's a high rise, uh, you know, beautiful view it would be like 2 AM in the morning. And I was working on a PowerPoint trying to figure out how to help a large business increase profitability. And I'm like, you know, <laughs> I'm not sure this, this, this just doesn't cut it. Um, and uh, during that time, I'd been exploring other things like law is taking an introduction to law course at the Harvard Extension School. Um, next thing I know, I'm in law school. Man. Yeah. Did you find law school to be challenging uh, or at least a good education that helps you with everything you do now? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think what law school taught me to do is look at all sides of an issue really, really well. I, my focus during law school was actually mediation, which is helping the two sides come together. And I, 
um, I participated in something called the Harvard Mediation Program, um, and uh, you know even had a chance to do some mediations in small claims courts. And I think what I've realized is that you know, and I even see it today these days, in you know, with all the sort of politics going on and us versus them, that usually each side has has a valid point but they are at cross purposes and not really knowing how to communicate with each other. Um, and I found it very fulfilling to sort of bridge that gap. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the challenges is that to go into mediation, you usually need to earn your stripes through decades of litigation, <laughs> <laughs> which is a fairly adversarial, um, you know, uh, pursuit. And I'm not by nature an adversarial person. Um, so I didn't, you know, after a couple years in law school, I, I, I finished, in fact, I'm licensed in California, um, mm. uh, as admitted to the bar. Um, but I didn't see myself, uh, a happy, fulfilled, uh, lawyer in the long term. Yeah. So it yeah. didn't really, re- didn't really resonate deep enough. And, right. and, and, and so you did the medical school and when did you get, you were, you got out of medical school in 2010, 2010. 2010. Yeah. And then what did you get your degree in? Or I should say, uh, your- family medicine, family medicine was, okay. was my, um, my specialty your specialty. Yes. Yeah. Not, not your degree, but your, yeah. your- my <laughs> degree was in human biology. <laughs> gotcha. And, and, uh, so when as a, as a physician after, you know, coming out and, and, um, specializing in family medicine, did you discover the power of whole food plant-based and obviously I, that that, that informed where you are now today. Absolutely. Um, you know, four years of med school, three years of residency at a, at a wonderful residency. I only have good things to say about the Santa Rosa program. Mm. Um, I never once heard the words whole food plant-based, not once. So in fact, uh, people from residency will remember I was that I was the low carb paleo guy or, you know, um, even staying after clinic, to advise my diabetic patient to, to oh. eat as much bacon, eggs, and avocado as they want, as long as they held the toast. Wow. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm embarrassed to admit it, but that's the truth. And, and, you know, the interesting thing is not one attending or colleague pulled me aside and said, Hey, Dr. Lim, have you heard about, you know, Dr. McDougal or Dr. Esselstyn and this whole food plant-based uh, revolution that's going on. You got to look at the research, not, not a single uh, colleague. Even in, even in Santa Rosa where McDougal is basically yeah. a household name. Yeah. I, I, yeah. It's, I don't know. There's just this divide. Yeah. I think it's, you know, I think those walls are starting to, to come crashing down slowly, but surely. Um, but yeah, it, I, I kind of boggles my mind now when I see some of these landmark studies and, and just the, how clear the research is showing the benefits of this. I, uh, I can't believe I wasn't exposed to this though. Honestly, the more I learn about industry and mm-hmm. just the way that, um, uh, the world works, uh, you know, there is a part of me that is just become a little bit cynical. And I, I understand that money drives a lot of education and, mm-hmm. and, uh, ways of thinking, you know, the meat equals protein, dairy equals strong bones, right? I mean, I bought into it. Um, so that was the, you know, the other part of my dietary thing that's interesting is for folks is I was the chubbiest kid in my grade uh, growing up. 
all the way up through fifth grade. So I ate, you know, a lot of unhealthy foods, um, spent a lot of time in front of the television, uh, and, you know, things like Wendy's frosties, um, banana splits, uh, Price Club, which is now Costco, their um, yeah. corned beef hash. Uh, these were like mainstays uh, for me. So I have that, that, you know, was a difficult period being the chubbiest kid, you know, at that age, all the way up through fifth grade. But uh, I'm thankful for that because it, what it did is it fueled a lifelong interest in nutrition mm-hmm. that took many wrong detours, you know, the whole low fat craze. Um, Mediterranean, eat as much oil, chicken, fish as you want, and then low carb, paleo, ketogenic, that whole thing. And, but finally my last port of call and where I'm going to be the rest of my life, whole food plant-based. So to answer your question, it wasn't actually until after residency, one year after 2014, that I was watching PBS and Joel Furman comes on the screen and he makes these I had never heard of him or met him or seen him before. Yeah. And just made these totally outrageous claims about this thing called a whole food plant-based diet and what it could do to not just prevent, but actually reverse chronic illnesses that I was seeing in my patients and feeling helpless to, to get mm. to the root cause of. Um, and I was like, well, I, I've, you know, I've got to at least check it out and, I still remember I, I checked out his book, Eat to Live from the library. I um, watched Forks Over Knives, um, saw you uh, on there and your dad, um, learned of the work of Dr. McDougall right around the corner of uh, Dr. Goldhammer at True North Health Center. Um, and that was it. It was August of 2014. I, uh, and I, I have not looked back since. I mean, each, each year only further reinforces that this is the right path. And then I think what's interesting over the years is how my concept of health has even evolved beyond, beyond that, you know, um, to the other aspects of health that, um, are not just food, uh, but it all at the center of it. And at the core of it is this whole food plant-based diet. What, what are some of the other things, uh, in that orbit that, that sphere that you just kind of referred to that you think are important as well? Well, I have this diagram that I show my patients that, you know, it's got health at the center and then, you know, these circles with each of these sort of major spheres. Um, and it's the, it's the ones that are, uh, you would expect like exercise, certainly, uh, and movement, um, sleep, uh, you know, um, uh, purpose and meaning, which we know from, uh, you know, I take my cue from the blue zones. I, I don't try to reinvent the wheel. So Dan Butner's work is amazing. It's, it's outstanding. And his nine power principles, I think they're all, they all hold true. And, and included in that is, you know, sense of purpose and meaning, like why do you wake up in the morning? Um, and uh, your, uh, your, your family and friends, your relationships. Um, one thing that he mentions is out of the 263 centenarians he interviewed, 259 of them had some form of spirituality. You know, it's something that they, you know, whether it's Seventh-day Adventist or um, ancestor worship in, in Okinawa, Japan, or Catholicism in Sardinia, Italy, it, it, it wasn't so much which religion, but it was just the concept of something outside of themselves that they came together to, to celebrate and, and worship in community. 
um, and, and so spirituality I, I put there um, and in, in that circle. Um, and, uh, and then a big one is stress, how it's easy to eat well, rip when everything's going well in life and when you've got a solid support community. But what about when you're outside that community and the unexpected happens? Um, then how strong are your convictions? And, and so patient's ability to, to cope well with stress is, is integral, is, is absolutely essential to long-term sustainability of uh, a whole food plant-based diet. And I think it's fair to say that every one of us has stress, stresses and stressors in our life. It's just kind of, I think, a matter of yeah, yeah, how how we how we deal with these stresses, um, right. and and you know, and and overcome them, or just kind of allow them to flow through us, or deal with them. I mean, I just know you know from people in my life, and have starting a you know a business now that, boy, the the stresses never end. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, having yeah. A, and having a young family, and you know. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's coming at you like just, you know, bows and arrows. It's just <laughs> trying to figure right, out. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, the, you know, I didn't used to have this as a talk I gave when I first started at McDougal, but now I do. It's a main talk I give at every program, emotional eating. Mm. I did, that wasn't my, in 2015, when I first joined up with McDougal, mm. you know, I talked about uh, diabetes. I talked about heart disease. I talked about osteoporosis. Now my talks, my three talks are diabetes. Uh, behavioral change yeah. and um, emotional eating. And that very much has arisen out of my lived experience as the medical director of the McDougal program for now uh, turning into my seventh year. Uh, and what I noticed is that, you know, I wish I could say that a hundred percent of the patients that come to a program, they never, you know, they adopt whole food plant-based it's Cinderella story and all is well, and for many, that is the case, yeah. but I'm fascinated by the ones for whom they struggle and it doesn't, you know, quite, it doesn't quite take. And I would say easily over 90% of the time, when I really get down to the root mm -hmm. of what's going on with those patients, it is never a knowledge issue. It's not that they suddenly questioned whether broccoli beans and brown rice was really good for them. You know, it's, um, it's what factors in their life interfered to make it difficult for them to put into practice what they knew to be good for them, bottom line. And that oftentimes delved into the realm of emotional eating. Mm -hmm. You know, if, if pay, uh, I would always ask when was the, what happened when they fell off track, right? Um, one uh, patient recently said it was a messy divorce. Mm. All right. Um, another person um, uh, I'm thinking of recently talked to, uh, I talked to, talked about the boredom of retirement mm. and, you know, eating is something to do. You know, I can relate to that. Even when I was plant-based, there was a period of time that I just do stress eating. And even if it's carrots and hummus or rips big bowl, that's still not using food in its rightful place, right? I want to enjoy Rip's Big Bowl. I don't want to be eating it mindlessly uh, out of stress. 
Um, another patient, uh, I've had a couple patients deal with hoarding behavior, uh, mm. either themselves or in, in loved ones. And that's a huge stress. And, um, and then, what, and then what big, is, what is, what is, what is, um, like, what does hoarding behavior look like? So hoarding behavior, uh, basically looks like the inability to, uh, let go of things while at the same time, continuing to accumulate, uh, to the point that they, you know, orders will have multiple storage facilities and you walk into their home mm. and it's floor to ceiling stuff, you know, stuff on the tables, stuff in the closets, stuff in the bedrooms. So I've had, um, patients who said they cannot navigate their way around the home due to, you know, mm. certain hoarding behaviors in loved ones. And it's really, I mean, it's a, you know, it's, that is not something I was exposed to, uh, much at all, but in hearing and having the privilege of hearing people's stories, um, it's, uh, certain things like this have come up. Being in the position you're in and seeing patients every single day and having the ability to get intimate with them like that, um, that is, it's what a, what a gift, oh my um, gosh. Yeah. you know, and it just, it just enriches your craft that much more and you get to see it with a much bigger lens. Pretty Absolutely. remarkable. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I like the way you described that ribbon, it, uh, enriching the craft. It feels, if it, it definitely feels more like a calling than a, than a job. Mm-hmm. Um, I even, you know, I even extended my time for appointments, uh, because I found that I couldn't fit hear their story in this compact period of time. So, Uh, I expanded the time and, and, um, I think it is, I think everyone has a story, you know, and that story explains a lot of their thoughts, uh, their, their feelings and their actions. And that the better we understand someone's story, the, the better, uh, position we are in to really meet them where they're at and, and help them to take the most, uh, logical next step. As Dr. Lim mentions, It is remarkable how a whole food, plant-based diet can reverse so many chronic diseases and that once you start making these changes, you'll see the positive ripple effects in so many areas of your life. This is also true in this email that I received from Rachel a few weeks ago. Here you go. My entire life, I ate the standard American diet while overindulging in alcohol and experimenting with other substances. I faced a lot of sadness and depression. Exercise was never a priority and neither was stress management. I was overworked, overfed, overstressed, and overstimulated. I had no idea that the way I was living my life would catalyze into a disease. Fast forward to October 2018, my health took a negative turn. Initial symptoms included eye twitching, hearing loss, vision impairment, loss of strength, numbness, tingling in my extremities, balance issues, and extreme fatigue. I went from doctor to doctor searching for an answer while continuing my unhealthy lifestyle. Before I knew it, I landed in the hospital and I was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. I felt hopelessness, fear, and grief. I thought my life was being taken away from me. The next few months left me extremely lonely and depressed. So many unfamiliar symptoms continued to arise in my body 
and I knew that I couldn't live this way for the rest of my life. I knew the conventional way of treating disease wasn't going to work for me. I knew I had to get sober and stay sober. I became dedicated to eating a whole food, plant-based diet. I started working out, doing yoga, and meditating consistently. I began seeing results and believing in myself more and more. I started treating myself with compassion and care and became a certified personal trainer, nutritionist, health coach, and meditation teacher. A disease that I thought would destroy my life has been my greatest gift. I'm now three years into the disease and I am healthier and happier than I've ever been in my life. Multiple sclerosis is now a companion that I get to take care of. I continue to follow a whole food plant-based diet while incorporating all aspects of lifestyle medicine into my life. I love listening to your podcast and hearing about all the wonderful things that plant-based nutrition has done for disease reversal and longevity. Rachel, thank you so much for taking the time to send that beautiful email. I am so grateful to hear that you are happy, healthy, and in such a wonderful position to inspire others. And the fact that you were able to take this this autoimmune disease, multiple sclerosis, and turn it around and see it as one of the greatest gifts that life has given you is it's amazing it's beautiful and it has led you to where you are today so thank you thank you thank you i feel like you kind of touched upon compliance and you know that kind of is the that's the thing we're all looking for right how do we how do we make make it so that people can be compliant yes and i guess my question to you is do you feel like I mean, you've been doing this a while now and you've seen thousands of patients between McDougal and True North. What do you think of this philosophy of all or nothing? Or do you think it's all or something? Or is it individualized? Oh, you- I love that question. Yeah. Yeah. I thought a lot about that because, you know, uh, you know, Dr. McDougal's famous saying, moderation is not an option. <laughs> it was my dad. So yeah. Dad. Yeah. You, you. <laughs> Dr. Esselstyn, your dad, right? um, I have a different, I have, I mean, I'll I'll be honest, I have a slightly different um, uh, view, which is uh, know yourself. You got to know yourself. So, and and it depends, right? There are some patients for whom the all or nothing approach is actually, I have found um, their uh, in some sense, their downfall. And let me tell you why, mm-hmm. because imagine that a patient comes to one of our programs, they are gung ho, they are 100% on board, and they don't touch anything that falls outside of, you know, Esselstyn or McDougal program, right? And then Christmas comes or Thanksgiving comes. And this is the story I hear. And, oh, just one, one little bit, you know, won't hurt. But once that one little bit happens, guess what? If it's an all or nothing thing, they've, what do you think they think of themselves after that one? Yeah, I failed. I failed. I failed, right? And once you feel you are failure, your self-esteem plummets. And then you, then you have the, what the hell effect? What the hell, you know, or who gives, you know, why, why did I think I could even really do this? And so I have a lot of patients who have come to me saying, I just couldn't do it. 
I couldn't do it, meaning there is some it that they are they are def- they have defined in their head, and if they can't do it, then they might as well just not do anything at all. And um, and I think that's I think that's a, that can be dangerous. So I usually would say, what's it? Uh, I you know because I'm not necessarily saying that you have to do 100. percent um, I'm saying know yourself and uh, know what you feel like would be the next logical step for you to take. Know, like Dr. Ornish says, that the more you do, the bigger mm-hmm. your results are going to be. Um, but I, I don't necessarily think it's helpful for patients to go into a program thinking, I can never eat this food for the rest of my life. Now, on the other hand, there are some patients who just, that is what they need. They need those black and white lines because they know about themselves that if they have one little bit of something, like one piece of dark chocolate, that they're going to eat the entire box. And so then, then I think that's just wisdom. If you, you know, you would never tell an alcoholic here, just have one, one glass of wine. It's fine because that's going to start a cascade of, of, uh, you know, a downward spiral. And so I think for each person to know their limits and their, their own unique boundaries is, um, uh, is, is critically important. I can have a piece of dark chocolate and a glass of wine and it doesn't, I don't think about it after I don't crave it after I can really enjoy it. And I would say that it overall has enhanced the joy in my life. Mm-hmm. And so if someone from the outside was to say, Anthony, you are never having another glass of this, or you never, um, I think, you know, there would be a part of me that resists it. So I really feel out the patient and sense where they're at. And the thing that helps me not worry about whether moderation becomes too big of something is the results speak for themselves. Mm-hmm. If they think they can do moderate, but they're not losing weight and they're obese or their blood pressure is not coming down, but, and they're hypertensive, then, then when we reconvene, we're like, well, whatever you're doing, that's, that's not enough. You know, good for you. You've made some progress, but you plateaued and you're clearly going to need to take it the next step. But now they're taking the next step from an internal place mm-hmm. where they have experienced the limits of what they thought would get them the results. And they're like, okay, now I'm ready to give up that once, that, that twice a week eating out and maybe make it a once a month. Mm-hmm. So that's just my, my, my approach. Yeah, no, I think, it's, I think it's very wise. I like it a lot. Thanks for, for, for talking about that. Yeah. You're, you're wearing that shirt. It said, it's the food. And I see that that's trademarked. Who, who trademarked that? Is that a McDougal trademark? That is a McDougal shirt. Yes. Here's the back. Can you see the back? No, I sure can. Yeah. Dr. Yep. DrMcDougal.com. It's, yeah. it's the food, right? That's, you know, getting to the root of, of what 80 to 90% of, of chronic illness. Yeah. Um, and it's simple and, it, <clears throat> and it's true. My only sort of slight addition now that I tell certain patients is for many food is, is actually the symptom as well. So just in the same way that diabetes, heart disease, many autoimmune illnesses, many types of cancer are symptomatic of an unhealthy diet, right? An unhealthy diet is often symptomatic of some other deeper issues. And, and, and that's, that's what I have have seen and experienced. Yeah. So along, along with being the medical director at 
the McDougal programs. You also uh, are on the staff at True North, right? Yes. Um, I when I I first joined on with True North and McDougal, at, you know, same time in 2015, um, and it was amazing combination working oh. with Dr. Goldhammer, Dr. Clapper, um, Doug Lyle, <laughs> Doug Lyle, absolutely, and it's sort of witnessing the the power of water fasting, um, seeing the slightly different variations within the plant-based world, you know, mm -hmm. uh, true North is, uh, no salt, no oil, no sugar, no flour, um, hundred percent plant-based. Whereas, uh, McDougal program, very similar, except flour, a little bit of sugar, a little bit of salt. Yeah. It's usually fine. And, and sort of seeing how that, that was what kind of took me a little bit off of there's only one right way. I sort of saw that people need di different things for, at different times in their lives. Um, and some work better for some patients and another type might work better for other types. Um, well, there's so much overlap. I yes. Mean, that's, know. that's the big thing is that with all these little yeah. things, 90% of it, the core is, yeah. is, is really what we need to be focusing on. Yeah. That's why, um, that's why I'm a fan of Michael Pollan's right. Simple seven words. And <clears throat> To this day, that's what I tell most patients. I think really cap captures what a what a whole food plant based diet is: eat food, not too much, mostly plants. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm a fan of simplicity. So, uh, 2015, that I I came on and I was uh, working both of those um, as McDougal responsibilities have picked up. Um, you know, Doctor McDougal has retired from all clinical care, um, and given that both my wife and I are or both physicians and uh, father and mother of, of two very busy, active kids, um, I have dropped back my responsibilities at True North. I'm primarily lecturing there mm -hmm. uh, and um, devoting the bulk of my attention to uh, uh, the McDougal program, uh, as well as lecturing at Kaiser here mm. in Santa Rosa, um, helping with their, their plant-based class offerings. Nice. Um, I want to, I want to visit with you on both true North and Kaiser. Would you say Kaiser is at the forefront when it comes to kind of pushing plant-based out through their whole kind of, uh, universe? I would say that they are at the forefront in terms of large, you know, healthcare yeah. nationwide institutions. Um, but even if you were to go to any Kaiser, uh, the on, I mean, the way, the minority of professionals, um, within it advocates a whole food plant-based diet. Yeah. Which, which is, which is unfortunate. I mean, I know it might've been in 2014 or 15, they put out a white paper to their, you know, 16,000 physicians saying, Hey, in light of, you know, this titanic amount of research, we recommend that you you know, first course of action is to have recommend a, a whole food plant-based diet to your patients. Right. Yes. I don't know if you know the, the paper I'm referring to, but yeah, seminal with, uh, uh, Tuso and yes. uh, Benjamin Ha. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. that's, uh, I mean, if, if that could become mm -hmm. sort of gospel for every Kaiser center and basically the focus, I think it would be, um, it would be revolutionary. Very much. Yeah. Well, anyway, I, I think it's, I think it's great that, you know, 
you're doing that with Kaiser. With, with True North, um, you've probably learned a lot about water-only fasting. For people that don't know anything about water-only fasting, can you tell us like who, who, who is a candidate for that and like what are, what are some of the benefits of it? Well, it's, I think that um, the, the best candidates are people who are not uh, on a lot of medication because we don't like to have people water fast who are taking medications because the, uh, you know, the side effects would be, could be extreme. Um, so, you know, if they're on so, uh, like diabetic medications and blood pressure medications that we could discontinue for uh, the period of the water fast. That's, that's ideal. Um, and off, you know, the range of conditions, uh, we have, um, you know, the most common would be metabolic. So overweight, obese, um, hypertensive, uh, coronary artery disease, high cholesterol. Um, but, a, quite a number of cancer patients with cancer, and uh, quite a number of patients with uh, auto, various autoimmune conditions like rheumatoid arthritis. Um, and, you know, I think water fasting, which is, you know, the absence of all food for some set period of time and only, you know, pure distilled water uh, for anywhere from a couple days to as long as 40 days. That's, that's the max. Really? Um, yeah, it's, you know, it's the ultimate in, in detox. And the ultimate in um, sort of allowing your body to do what it knows best, which is to heal itself. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I, I, I like that analogy of, of Dr. Greger. You know, if you hit your shin against a, a post once, fine, you let you, your, your body will recover if you leave it alone. But if you just keep hitting it day after day after day, it just gets worse and worse and never heals. Well, when you take out all the inputs from the, standard American diet, and you're just drinking water, you're, you're finally allowing um, your body to heal from the inside out. Uh, So, you know, in addition to massive weight loss, for patients who are overweight or obese, um, we, you know, people just feel a lot better, a lot of their aches and pains, um, headaches, uh, joint issues go away, a lot of uh, people coming in with skin conditions, um, their skin clears up, right? Psoriasis, uh, stuff like that. Exactly. And <laughs> then not to mention, of course, just the benefit of resetting their taste buds. So mm. if they were to go straight from what they were eating to plant-based, no SOS, you know, plate of food, uh, that would be a huge transition. But when they've only been having water for a, a period of time, then boy, sure tastes good. That first, right. f- first right. plate of food. Absolutely. Right. A light, a light them right up. Doesn't matter what it is. You just a carrot and be like, Whoa, this is so sweet and wonderful. Yeah, exactly. The, the, the other thing that's nice about it is it's so black and white, right? I mean, you don't have to make any choices or decisions. So it's, it's kind of like a, you know, imagine an alcoholic going into a detox facility, yeah, <laughs> the yeah. absence of alcohol here, you're going, you know, you're kind of going into a detox facility. No, it's, it's really a remarkable community that Dr. Alan Goldhammer's created there. I went and visited him there. I think it was in 2000, maybe 16, uh, for, for half a day and walked around the facilities and had lunch. Some of the most simple plant-based foods, but it was delicious. Oh yeah. Truly was. And the chefs there create really, like you said, I mean, 
SOS free, uh, delicious whole food, plant-based food. It's incredible. As a physician that has had, that is, let's just say, seen the the whole food plant-based light, when you come in touch with other physicians, how do they react when they like friends or family or just people in general, when they know what you do, they know what you're an advocate for. Are they open-minded or are they like um, wanting to change, not change course, but maybe change their diet? Are they open-minded to that? Mm-hmm. Because you're, you're doing, you're doing what most physicians would love to do. And that is you're actually getting to the root cause of the problem. You're probably trying to get them off medications. Mm-hmm. It seems like most physicians, you know, it's like, Hey, we're getting you on this medication for the rest of your life. Right. So you're practicing a paradigm that, and I would imagine in some ways is kind of challenging to them. Yeah. Uh, yes. But I, w- I will say it's been on- honestly universally received positive when I kind of think of the colleagues that I've interacted with, uh, in part because I'm, you know, uh, everyone has their different approach, but I tend not to be dogmatic yeah. you know, with them and, um, uh, you know, m- again, meet them where they are at. So it's, I'm not threatening their views. Uh, and I'm just speaking from my own personal uh, experience. So we, I've actually, you know, had, I would say a very positive influence on a lot of friends, family, and colleague uh, who have all, uh, who are many of whom have made um, much more significant um, strides in the direction of whole food plant-based eating um, because there's not an it. It's not like they're doing it or not. They're just increasing that percentage from 60% processed foods and 30% you know, animal-based things with less than 10% fruits, vegetables, legumes, and grains to hopefully more and more of a percentage based on those four core food groups and less and less uh, based on the highly processed foods and animal products. Um, and you know, the ones who are doing more experience greater, greater gains. Are your, um, you mentioned at the top of the show that you, uh, you know, a lot of physicians in your family, like how yeah. is your, is your brother now plant-based? Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, it's, aunt, parents, like where are they, you know, the one, the first things I did when, um, when I became plant-based in 2014 is I, I went, remember going back to San Diego and I said, I was, I was home for eight, nine days. I said, I only have one request this whole vacation that as a family, you know, mm-hmm. my brother's family, my family and my parents that together we watch forks over knives. That was it. I was like, I'm not going to save them. I'm not going to pre, I just want us to watch that together. And that was enough. Yeah. Um, uh, my, my sister-in-law, my brother, they have entirely changed um, their overall way of, of cooking. It's such a, such a treat now to, to go back to San Diego because there's various, you know, they have an instant pot. Um, they're preparing all sorts of plant-based dishes. Um, and it's so, it's just so much easier and nicer when you can share in this together as a, as a community, you know, and same with my parents. Um, the funny thing is we had all been, I mean, I, I went paleo in part due to my brother's influence originally. So, you know, just as our whole family had been kind of on this low carb kick because of the absence of really good information, 
um, now that we're in the know, it's, it's uh, swung the other direction, which is yeah. really, which is awesome. So, so awesome. And your, your parents must be so insanely proud of, of you and that you've kind of found that job where you wake up in the morning and you have such a passion for it that I think I read in, in doing some research for you that your father kind of said, Hey, you know, Anthony, find something where you love it so much that it doesn't feel like work. And then you never have to work a day in your life. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I have a strong, I mean, I, I, my dad, you know, he, he's retired now, but he really enjoyed each day going to work and, and interacting with his patients, delivering babies. Um, and yeah. that, that has really stuck with me. So, you know, especially with my torturous uh, career journey where, I mean, I, I wish I could say it was all, you know, whoop-de-doo, but the, the truth, it was a really difficult period when you're trying to find what you want to do and you haven't quite found it. There's, there's a lot of internal struggle there. Um, so for them to see after that whole journey to really have found, um, uh, a nice fit that, that I'm happy and derive a lot of meaning and, and satisfaction, uh, they're, they're extremely happy and proud. I, I, I want to call to have a special call out to my mom because she was the one that forwarded me the email mm. back in 2015 that announced the job opportunity to work as a staff physician for um, both McDougal program and wow. true North. And I remember at the time I was like, Oh, there's no way. I mean, I've, I've been doing this one year, yeah. you know, and I wasn't going to lie about it. I was going to, I was going to say, look, I, I've just discovered this, but Hey, I want to do this. And um, somehow they saw it within, uh, within well, the stores to hire me. And well, I, I, think, I, think, back. I think both John McDougal and Alan Goldhammer, they met you and they're like, this, this guy's got it. He's got wow. it. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Good. Good. I mean, I, that, I have found that it's best to tell the truth and just let them know, Hey, I've been doing this a year, but you know what? I am like so jazzed and so yeah. passionate about this. And that's, right. that's what they want to hear as opposed mm -hmm. to something else. Tell me this. It seems like a lot of people these days have a lot of anxiety, depression. Have you found in your practice, does a whole food plant-based diet help mitigate that at all? Oh, there's no question. There's no question. I mean, one of the patients I always profile, mm -hmm. um, is, uh, Robert is a, is a gentleman who was on, um, uh, anti-depression medications. He was almost 300 pounds, uh, you know, on, on blood pressure, cholesterol medication. And, and this was back in 2014 and he adopted a plant-based diet right around the time that I had, I did. And when I met him in 2016, he was off everything. He was off his depression medication, his blood pressure, uh, cholesterol, his asthma inhaler. He had gone from sedentary to running mm -hmm. uh, over five miles per day. And, um, and his uh, weight was 173. Uh, it was just, you know, literally the word transformation. And, and I show that, I always show, share a story at the start of each 12-day McDougal program because I say, this is what I see when, when I look at you. I see you know, the transformation that is, mm. that is possible. Um, so there's no question that I think eating better and the 
the effects that that has on the, that whole circle of health, right? If you're eating better, you're going to feel better. You're going to exercise more. That may affect your sleep. You're going to sleep better. You're better able to handle stress, all of that. Um, it, it, your brain chemistry is going to improve. So uh, I, I think it can have a great beneficial impact, but I'm also careful um, to note that things like depression and anxiety are multifactorial. Mm. And so food powerful as it is, is not necessarily sufficient in and of itself. Um, and, you know, as someone I, I'm very open, honest with my uh, patients as someone myself who has struggled with both depression and anxiety uh, mm -hmm. in my life, um, I feel like I'm able to talk with them about some of the other aspects that could be uh, helpful um, for, for combating these, these uh, challenging uh, illnesses. Thank you. What have you had to eat so far today? Oh, my favorite peanut butter, uh, on, uh, Ezekiel bread with a banana. <laughs> oh my that, gosh. That's, that's my, that's my rich yeah. breakfast. That's yeah. my rich breakfast. The, the mainstay is, is my steel cut oats with blueberries, uh, frozen, but, uh, uh, frozen blueberries, uh, bananas and some, some kind of walnut or, or hazelnut and a big mug of black coffee. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Do you usually have uh, one cup of coffee a day? Yeah. yeah. One cup of coffee or, or a cup of tea. Uh -huh. So uh -huh. for, for exciting events like this, I'll, I'll bust out the coffee. <laughs> 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 what about, what about your kids? Are your kids following in the, uh, are they plant strong? They are plant strong. I mean, they, they, I, I, I give a bunch of lectures at my kids school. Second, I just gave one last week to uh, second grade, which isn't even my daughter's grade now she's in fourth grade but because of the the lecture i gave when she was in second grade they they called me back um and they they eat far more fruits vegetables legumes and grains than than the average american kid they're not a hundred percent um and i'm you know i'm thoughtful of that it goes back to my thing about i want people to make the decision from a from within uh of their own choice so that they don't have some rebound reaction when they're off going to, to college. <laughs> so, you know, they go trick-or-treating on Halloween. They, they have their, their gummy bears and their sweethearts and things like that. And I try to uh, be careful not to be like strongly judgmental so that they don't, they don't grow up with major <laughs> food yeah. issues. Yeah. We, well, <clears throat> we do the same. I've got, I've got three kids, uh, seven, 12 and 14. Mm -hmm. They went trick or treating, and then we basically say, "Okay, you can pick five of the uh -huh. candies, yeah. and the rest are going to the dentist office, and they can they can figure out what to do with them." Uh, yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's good, right? Then you allow them some, but you set some healthy healthy yeah. limits, and I think that's that's giving giving kids some freedom of choice while at the same time helping them learn to set healthy boundaries um, or setting healthy boundaries for them until they're ready to do that. Uh, I, uh, I think is, is the way to go because yeah, I've, I've a lot of patients as adults who do not know how to set healthy boundaries. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's an important skill to develop. Yeah. Tell me this, your wife, you said was a dermatologist, right? Mm -hmm. Is, you know, there's such a connection between you know, dairy and acne and, you know, even uh, a high food, a high fatty, 
plant-based diet and, and, and acne. Has your wife embraced any of that with her patients? She has. She's, she's referred a lot of patients to my, my Kaiser plant-based 101 class. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we also have a monthly plant-based support group. Um, so uh, uh, she has, I will say it's, um, it's challenging because in the, you know, in the absence of some intensive program, uh, you know, this is not an easy behavioral change to make. Right. Um, and so, uh, it, you know, it's, it's, um, we're not, we're not getting the volume or necessary the results with, with acne that I think is, is possible. Um, but whenever the opportunity arises and a patient seems um, open to it, uh, she will absolutely talk about the connection and, and send them on over to me. Do you, do you know um, the Nelson twins? Yes. They wrote the clear skin diet. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. I mean, you know, yeah, they no, did pretty remarkable. No, it's remarkable what they did. And, you know, the person that really clued them into, because these girls had been plant-based since they were born, right? Because right. of Sabrina and Jeff. Yeah. And, uh, and it was Dr. McDougall that said, and they tried everything, you know, medications, they've been to all the specialists. And then Dr. McDougall said, listen, you need to stop the oils, the peanut butters, the tofu, you know, anything that is overtly fat, you need to stop it. And literally it like went away the next, and they had like this, this, the cystic acne that was just, yeah. oh, did, did you, have you ever seen before yeah, and after photos? No, Yeah. Yeah. Those photos speak for themselves. Yeah. They really, yeah. Do. Yeah. Without, yeah. Without having to take medication or put any, yeah, you know, antibiotic creams or ointments on just, just food healing from within just food. And, and, yeah. and they actually, I actually said, guys, you know, do a pilot study like I did for my book, get like, you know, 40, 60, 70 people. And they did. And so they've got all these before and after, you know, results and photos of all these people that had acne and did their program and uh, just wild success. So yeah. to me, again, it's, it's so impressive to me how when you stop, you, you said it earlier, um, when you stop insulting right. your, your, your body at, at a multitude of levels with all these inflammatory foods, the body has time to kick back and heal. Yep. Absolutely. I mean, it's, you know, it, it, at, at every level, when you stop the insult and then instead pursue that, which is good, true, and healthy, good things happen. So if you stop the Instagram, Facebook obsession, <laughs> and instead, I don't know, go for a walk in nature or read some inspirational book, mm. Hey, you're filling your mind with positive uplifting things instead of Oh, what's this person up to? Oh, why can't I be more like that, that person? When you stop the super long work hours that causes you to make poor food choices and compromise your health, and instead take some of that time, spending time with your family, you know, building relationships and, and taking care of yourself, good things happen. And that's why health is not complicated. Mm -hmm. it's, it's very simple. It's just not easy. That's what I say. It's simple, but it's not, it's not easy, you know, but stop the insult, pursue the good. Hey, you know, and, and, and my overall concept of what I view as success in health is the degree to which a person's behaviors, actions, behaviors align with their D 
deepest values, uh, internal values, you know? So if, if they were to look at what they do and say on a daily basis, how, how, how closely does that match what they know to be their, their full potential and, and what they, they truly value. Mm. And the closer, the closer that's aligned, then you're, you're living more fully into the life that, that, uh, that you were called to live. Mm. Kale, yeah to that. Kale. <laughs> Before we go, yes. uh, can you tell me, just give us a success story, somebody that, that you've met through McDougal or True North that came, they were sick because of probably the standard American diet. They embraced the a whole food plant-based diet and they saw remarkable results. Can you share just one of dozens and dozens? Yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, one that I, I, I love um, sharing is uh, a patient named Andrew. Uh, he, he's given me permission to share his story who yeah. um, lives here in Sonoma um, and uh, came to see me uh, a few years ago with a hemoglobin A1C, which is a measure of your diabetic control of, um, over 10%, which is really poor control. Right. Um, and he was not on medication, um, but his doctor had written him a note saying, you know, Andrew, if you don't take better care, you risk blindness, kidney disease, and, and even death. <laughs> uh, and what, and guess what the doctor meant by take better care. He meant if you don't start medication. Mm. Um, so so he came to see me out of desperation and he was already eating a fairly healthy Mediterranean diet. Um, so he is one where I said, Hey, Andrew, I'm not usually like all or nothing, but I think that given that you're already eating a pretty healthy Mediterranean diet and your, you know, your BMI, he was like 25.5, not particularly overweight. The only way we're going to know, see what's possible is if you go a hundred percent, you know, a hundred percent. And, uh, and so he did, um, for the next couple months, he, he literally cut out all oil, uh, all animal products. He even cut out flour, um, and, uh, was just eating as much fruits, vegetables, legumes, and whole grains. Uh, he got his A1C check two months later. Um, it dropped from 10.2% to 6.5%. Um, and, uh, that's a huge drop in a short period of time, especially since at Kaiser, if you're over 10%, that's already a uh, reason to start you on insulin. Um, and, uh, he, well, isn't any, isn't anything over 5.7 considered diabetic, uh, 6.5% and higher is considered, uh, okay. diabetic. Mm -hmm. Um, so he's one where we think he probably has what's called type one and a half. Yeah. where his body is not producing, his body's producing some insulin, but not quite the amount that he uh, needs because he's lost a considerable amount of weight. He's at a healthy BMI. Um, and, but his, his A1C continues to hover in that 6.0 to 6.5%. Uh, but he's just thankful because he doesn't have to, you know, sh inject himself with insulin. Um, and uh, he's, you know, he's managed to turn himself around uh, just by changing his diet, which is really encouraging. So we continue to stay in touch, uh, to this day, they, Jamie and Andrew have me over for a awesome plant-based meals uh, every so often. It's a real way treat. to go. Way to go, Andrew. Huge shout out to Andrew. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what, if people want to know more about 
you, um, what you're doing, any, where can they go? I think the best place is to go to the McDougal uh, program website. That's where um, I see the vast majority of, of the patients uh, that I take care of. And, um, you know, pa- some patients will sign up for an initial consultation to determine whether the program, the 12-day program is a good fit for them. Um, and, uh, and then if so, then they sign up for one of our 12-day online programs. We're running them about once every month to two months. Uh, it's completely virtual. Um, so we've pivoted from in-person to uh, virtual and patients who have done both the in-person and the virtual, they love both, but some have even enjoyed the virtual more because they're forced to, to make this re- a reality in their own home setting, which is part of the behavioral change. And that so, needs and so that's why you've place. got that. That's why you've got that fancy headset there with the mic. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. This is on my, this is on my ears much of the day. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah. Now, do you are you doing uh, outside of the programs? Are you doing like uh, telemedicine at all? Is that yeah? Well, it, so you know, one of the benefits is when you when you sign up for a McDougal program, you're a McDougal patient for life, and so uh, I will do a lot of. You know, we, in a sense, we have a huge thousands and thousands of patients over the years. Mm -hmm. So I will see many of them for follow-up visits, um, uh, you know, whatever medical issues or behavioral issues they're grappling with. Um, And then the telemedicine through, you know, new patient consultations. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, Anthony, this has been an absolute pleasure Thank you for joining me on the Plant Strong podcast. You are a beautiful human being on the inside and the outside. And uh, man, I just, I wish you all the best. And um, thank you. Thanks, Rip. It's good to be on the same team as you. Appreciate the work <laughs> you're doing. <laughs> team Plant Strong. Love yeah, it. Team Plant Strong, baby. Woo. <laughs> all right. Um, all right. Peace. Engine two. Keep it Plant Strong. Again, I want to thank Dr. Anthony Lim for joining me today on the Plant Strong podcast. What a absolutely beautiful gem of a man. Thank you to all of you for listening. You can find all of the links and resources from this episode on the episode page at plantstrongpodcast.com. We'll see you next week, but in the meantime, keep it Plant Strong. The Plant Strong podcast team includes... Carrie Barrett, Lori Kordowich, Amy Mackey, Patrick Gavin, and Wade Clark. This season is dedicated to all of those courageous truth seekers who weren't afraid to look through the lens with clear vision and hold firm to a higher truth. Most notably, my parents, Dr. Caldwell B. Esselstyn Jr. and Anne Kryle Esselstyn. Thanks for listening.